Today's daf is daf tet. We're going to start at the bottom. Chet amubet. Tanu rabbanan. Seven lines from the bottom. Ger u'kav le'echob kodashim. We were learning about a ger who has to bring a korban. Today we're going to see where we learn that a ger brings a korban. But the first thing we're going to start with is he can't eat kodashim. Right? Even though we said the whole reason he brings the korban is not to allow him to eat kodashim. It's to allow him to be part of the Jewish people. And that's why Tanu Kama didn't list him in the Mishnah. But he's me'ukav le'echob kodashim ad shiyavi kino. Okay, he can't eat kodashim until he brings his pair of birds. We're going to learn that he needs to bring a pair of birds that are that are both for ola. Usually we have a pair of birds. One is ola and one is chatat, like what the ola did in many other cases. In this case, he brings two korbanot ola from a bird. But according to this brighter, If he brought one in the morning, he can already eat kodashim in the evening. Okay, this question, why? He has to wait till the evening, but we're not going to get into that. Oh, right. I remember what I thought. I've, he, what happens is this. He brings. He can bring one in the morning. The point is, the point of the bright is, one at, one bird is enough to matir him to eat kodshim. He still has to bring the second one, but it's enough like we saw the other day, right? As soon as you do part of it, you can already eat kodshim. But now, right, that was with the vadai. If you have many vadais, right, one already allows you to eat kodshim. Why do you have to wait till the evening? So they assume that the case is that he brought his korban to the Kohen, but he doesn't know yet did the Kohen sacrifice it. So you have to wait till the evening because you can be sure that by the evening the Kohen took care of it. Because remember, we have the whole thing, right? They only did Avotot during the day. So you can assume if you gave it to him that day, he's going to get to it that day. It's just he might not get to it till the end of the day. So here we get to what I said a minute ago, which is all other pairs, you bring one chatat, one olah. Here you bring both olot. But if instead of bringing two birds, you brought one behemah for a korban ola, yatsa. Your yotze, your day, your chovah. We'll see why. Even the, right, theoretically, you're supposed to bring two birds, but it says you could bring a behemah also. Ola ushlamim. Let's say you brought a bird, one bird for an ola and an animal. There's no such thing as a bird for a shlamim, so it must be an animal as a shlamim. Your yotze. Mincha ushlamim lo yatsa. But if you bring a mincha offering and a animal for a shlamim lo yatsa, meaning you have to bring an animal for an ola or an animal for a shlamim together with a bird. Now you have to wonder if a bird, if an animal, no, I guess that's not actually a question. Fine. So in other words, if you brought in, you have three options. In, well, you have four options. Two birds, two, two olot is the same or is equal to, right? Instead, you can bring one behema as an ola, that works, or one behemaz shlamim with it, one bird for an ola. And option number four, sorry, it's not that you can bring four. The option number four is no good. Okay. The behemaz would be shlamim. both the ola and the shlamim? No, no. If okay. if it's the ola, the behemaz, that's enough. You don't need more than that. Ah, okay. So if it's you bring the bird that's an ola with an animal that's a okay. shlamim, since what's the idea? The ola is the highest level. So if you bring an animal from a shlamim and a bird and... An animal offering is the highest level. But if you bring a bird that's a shlam, um, sorry, an animal that's a shlamim, that's not going to be enough. You need to have the bird ola with it. Okay, that's how it works. So, now they're going to say, lo amru kein, uh, so the first explanation is why you can bring, if you're supposed to bring two birds for an ola, why can you bring one animal as an ola instead? Well, that's very simple. Lo amru kein el The whole reason they said birds, two birds, two birds is always in place of one animal, basically. It's saying, if you can't afford the one animal, bring the cheaper option, which is two birds, because two birds are way cheaper than one animal. So therefore, even though you're supposed to bring two birds for an ola, 
one animal is sufficient to replace the two birds. Because two birds was only a kula. So now, why can't you bring a mincha and a shlamim? So we already kind of explained, because you need the ola, but they're going to learn it from the psukim. Dichtiv. Okay, so now, before we read the, the drasha here, we're going to read the whole pasuk. The pasuk is this. In Bamibar Tevav Yudalad, it says, ger, o asher Okay, the ger is living with you, or he's among you. Not clear what the difference is. for generations. This means if the ger wants to live with you, meaning if he wants to convert, what does he have to do? He has to bring an isherech nichoch l'ashem. Okay, that's the chiyuv korban. Not so clear yet what that means. But it means something that's rech nichoch l'ashem. Then it says, kasher ta'asu kenya said, just like you do, that's what they should do. Huh. What's that going to mean? So let's see. Um, just like you brought an Ola and a Shlamim. When was that? Okay, if you remember, there's this section in Shmot at the end of Sefer Mishpatim, uh, Parshat Mishpatim, where it says that Moshe goes up to Har Sinai and there's a whole description, right? And it says, Vayishlachet na'arei b'nei Yisrael, Pasukei in Perak Haftalid, Vayalu olot, Vayizbuchu zvachim shlamim la'ashem parim. When B'nai Israel accepted the Torah, what did they do? They brought Olot, Usvachim. Usvachim meaning, and it says Shlamim. So just like the Jews, when they became, they accepted mitzvot, they brought an Olah and Shlamim, Af Ger Olah Shlamim. Therefore the Ger can bring an Olah Shlamim, or should bring an Olah and Shlamim. Well then, in Cain, there's a problem. If it's supposed to be exactly like they did it, well then, Chovato Achat Lo Kasher Tasu So what's the issue? If it's supposed to be Olah and Shlamim, then how can you bring one Behemah? And, and why do we bring two Olot, two birds that are Olot? Theoretically, it should be just like we did in Olah and Shlamim. Amra, Papa, Yesh Lomar Le'of Itrabe. In other words, they, he says, um, one second, Le'of Itrabe, Le'olat Behemah Lo Kol Shaken, right. So now they say, if already it included that you don't have to do it exactly the same way and you can use birds instead of animals, then what's the idea? You have to do it similar to them, but not exactly the same as them, okay? So, once we see we're already made, that you can bring a bird, therefore we assume you can also just bring an olav a behemah. Well then, if we're already including other things and saying it's not exactly the same, well why don't we go all the way? Say, then why can't you bring a minchan ashlamim, for example? So they say, because it says, kasher tasu Cain, yase. Cain sounds like exactly like this. So they say, in other words, it's not exactly, but it's also not not exactly. You can't go too far. Now, they say, Now, they took as an assumption that you could bring a bird. Where does it say that? It didn't say in the Pasuk anywhere, like it normally says when it means bird. So where'd they learn that from, right? Again, this is a good example of this Masechet where they say something as if it's obvious, you know why, and then only they explain later. It happens other places, but it seems to happen a lot more in this Masechet. Ditanu Rabbanan, Kasher tasu ma'atem afu Right, you might have thought, it sounds like it has to be exactly Olau Shlamim. Shene'emar, kachem kager, one second, afu Olau Shlamim, shene'emar kachem kager, right? It says, like you, like the ger, it sounds like it has to be exactly the same. Minayin l'rabota ta'of, how do you know of? Talmud l'omar, isherech nichoach l'ashem. Eze davar kulo l'ashem, heve omer ola ta'of. What do we say here? Ah, uh, it says it has to be burned as a ple- pleasing aroma to God. 
Well, what goes up burns is pleasing aroma to God. Of course, an behemah ola, but also an of ola. Okay, so basically, the korban that's described is something that goes kula ola Hashem. So that could be even an ola of, and therefore they learn it could even be an ola of. Likewise, we're going to say in this bright also, and since we're quoting, we're going to see a bit of repetition here between the bright but we're quoting each one for a particular reason, and then they just bring the rest of it. So if we're already saying something that gets offered, the mincha could also be entirely burned to God. So why don't we say a mincha? Right? Remember, there's different kinds of mincha offerings. Okay, there it says, Cain, again, Cain limits it. Cain says, just like we saw before, it limits not everything. Not not everything is an option. So again, let's just go review. We learned that it could be a bird from the Yisherech Nechach Hashem. Once we get that it's going to be a bird, we're going to say it's like B'nai Israel, right? That it's going to be an Ola. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a Shlamim because it doesn't have to be exactly the same, but it also can't go down a level to be a Mincha. Tanya Idach, another Brita, which is similar, but it's going to add some other element why we can't do a mincha offering. It's going to add a different reason, not just because of this word Cain, but you'll see there's something inherently different about a mincha than the other offerings. What's the big inherent difference? There's no blood, right? It's just a meal offering. So, It sounds like anything burned on the Mizbech, a filo mincha, which would include even a meal offering. Just like when you came into the, you know, you accepted mitzvot upon you, it was with different types of blood. Also, they have to do it with blood, meaning it has to be an animal or a bird, and it can't be a meal offering. Well, then, again, they're going to say, and we keep going back to the same trasha, if, right, now they're going to darshan it differently. You might have thought then you have to do ola ushlamim, how do we know it doesn't have to be Ola Ushlamim? Because it says, Kachem Kager Yehiyeh. What does that mean? Lachem Yikashiv Vilo Lekorbanotechem. Okay? Kachem Kager means they have to be like you, like you in a particular way, but not in exactly which type of korban they have to bring. Okay? So again, we're making this comparison that it's similar but not similar all the way, but also not not similar all the way, right? Don't go as far as Mencha. Okay? They're all the same kind of idea. Now we're going to have a really important source, okay? This is really critical for halachot of conversion, what it takes to convert. So here we have um, Rebbe Omer, another drasha here. He's going to darshan the word kachem kavotechem. Okay, this pasuk I didn't read, by the way. I should read it to you. Um, the pasuk after the one we said, where he has to bring Yishev Reach Nechoch Hashem says, Hakahal is pasuk tevav in perek tevav bamidbar. Okay, it's a bit of a strange pasuk, what exactly this means. Right, there's one law for you, lachem v'lager, for you and the ger. And then it says, right, kachem kager Okay, so what, first of all, it seems to be repeating this phrase. Anyway, what do we learn from this? That everyone's the same? So, Rebbe Omer, Kachem Kavotechem, Mavotechem Lonech Nesu Labrit, Ela Bimila Utvila Vahartsaat Dam, Avhem Loikansu Labrit, Ela Bimila Utvila Vahartsaat Dami. Okay, how did the Jewish people enter Kabbalat um, Omitzvot at Har Sinai? They did it with Brit Mila, with Tvila, and with Ritzoi Dam, that means Korbanot, sacrifices being bought with blood. Therefore, non Jews, how are they going to convert? 
with Brit Milah, right, obviously only if they're male, Tvila, okay, Mikvah, and Hartzat Amin. Why is this so critical? What's missing? Kabbalat al Mitzvot. It doesn't say it. Fascinating. So if you look at the little Aleph here, it sends you to the Rambam. Perak Yugimel Mihichodis Aleph. The Rambam there doesn't mention Kabbalat al Mitzvot as one of the preconditions for conversion, which is huge, right? So there, there are those who say, based on the Rambam there, that it's clearly not an important element based on our Gemara. Okay, you don't need Kabbalat al Mitzvot. However, there's other sugyot that bring up Kabbalat al-Mitzvot. The Rambam in other places mentions Kabbalat al-Mitzvot. All the Achronim try to figure out what's going on with the Rambam here and what's the issue. And, and this is what leads to different opinions about how central Kabbalat al-Mitzvot is to a conversion. Okay, so this is a very basic sugya in that sense. Very important sugya. Okay, we're going to get back to this in a few minutes. Now we're going to go with the flow of the Gemara. Though. Now they talk about Lavi Preda'achat Yefshar, Lefisha Lomatzinu B'chola Torah Kula. Okay? You can't bring just one bird, though. What does he have to bring? Two birds for an ola. Now, it seems strange. Usually, if you bring two birds because one is an ola, one is a chatat. In this case, if it's an ola, theoretically, you should just be able to bring one bird. So why can't you bring one bird? They say, because there's no such thing in the Torah where you bring only one bird. So now the Gemara is going to question. The next few words shouldn't be in the Gersa. We're going to just ignore that. Um, Vilo, is that not true? Is that really true? Vahatanya doesn't it say in a braita when it talks about the korban ola now? In the beginning of Sefer Vayikra, if you remember, they talk about a korban ola. What type of ola? We're talking about an ola that you decide to bring on your own. An ola nedava. You say, I want to bring korban ola to the Beit Mikdash. What are your obligations? It says there, vihikrivo. Okay, hikrivo is singular notice, right? Hikriv oto. Matamulomar. Why does it say vihikrivo? Lefishenemar betorim vihikriv. Because it says by birds, vihikriv. ani. You would think that what? If somebody says, I'm taking upon myself to bring an ola of a bird, you would assume, right? If it just said the kriv, you'd say he has to bring minimum two birds. But because it didn't say the kriv, it said the krivo, they learn from there that it means, right? This is, by the way, I didn't read the opposite, but it says, Okay, so now they say, um, right, sorry, there it says, but then it says on the next pasuk, so from the first pasuk it sounds like, it's plural, right? And it says, but the next pasuk says, the Kohen brings it, singular, to the Mizbech. So what do they learn from here? Um, so what do you learn? You can even bring just one bird. So didn't we just say a minute ago that he has to bring two birds because there's no such thing in the Torah, that you bring only one bird? And here it says you can bring only one bird. So what do they answer? What do they say? Ah, there's a difference between olat chova, when you have to bring a korban ola, uh, sorry, birds, as an obligatory obligation, then... You have no choice. You have to bring two. And that's the gear. The gear is obligatory. Only in the nidava do we allow one. Okay? So we can't bring the nidava, the voluntary offering, as a proof for our, as a disproof for what we tried to say. So that's why when you learn, you need two. 
Now they say, wait a minute, there is a case where you bring just one bird, a yoledet. If you remember by yoledet, it's strange, didn't we always say the yoledet, you bring kinim? So again, the yoledet, the standard yoledet brought kinim because most of the old oak, the assumptions didn't have a lot of money. But if you can afford it, they were supposed to bring a keves for the ola and a bird for the chatat. Okay? So what do you see? With the, the yoledet who has money, she brings one bird by itself. Well, it's not exactly by itself. It's with a kevis, but it's not. There's no pair oh, of birds. Right. Okay, so that's what they're going to answer. Obviously, with kevis. So what do they answer? Okay, it has a pair. It's just not a pair of birds. It has some counterpart. Amar Now we're going to go. So that we answered how you get to two birds. Amar Now we're going to go back to this line about the conversions. Right, with those three things. So now we're going to go through each three things. How do we know that that all happened in Matan Torah? It says in Sefer by Yoshua, if you remember in the beginning of Yoshua, they do this big Brit Milah for all of them because it says, right, when they got out of Egypt, they all had a Brit Milah. But then all the Dor HaYilodim Bamidbar, right, all the generation that, that was born in the Midbar didn't do Brit Milah. So what do you see? They were all Mulim. Or you can learn from this pasuk that we say in the Lela Seder, a pasuk from Yechezkel, it's a description of how God came into Mitzrayim and saved us, and he saw us rolling in our bloods, right? and they say the dam was the dam of Brit Milah. How about the Ritzoi dam? Where do we get that from? Oh, that's the pasuk we saw before. Right? And they sacrificed Sacrifices. So that's how we know they did sacrifices at Matan Torah. But where do we get Tfilah from? I don't know if you ever paid attention to this pasuk, it's a strange one. This is also in Shemot Lamedalid. He took the blood from the sacrifices and he sprinkles it on all the people. Okay, pleasant. To imagine, right? Everybody's got blood all over them, right? I always go back to that Zevach Hashomroni, where everybody like also has blood, like the blood from the spurts out everywhere on everybody. So Moshe specifically took the blood and he threw it on everybody. So what's have to do with Tfilah? Because they say Ein has Abelo Tfilah. It's not possible that he sprinkled the blood on them without having them done without them having done Tfilah. Okay, it's an interesting connection, but they say right. It's obvious they must have done Tfilah. Um, okay, so now we have a big problem. What did we say a ger needs to become a ger? He needs three things. Milah, um, tefillah, and hartzat amim. Well, what about nowadays? We don't do ritoidam. There's no such thing. What? You can't accept converts nowadays? This is the pasuk we saw before. Now they skip the next important word. So what does it show? For all generations, right? This is an assumption that the Torah knew that there would be a generation where there wouldn't be a Beit Hamikdash, and therefore, since it says we learn that even when there's no korban, you can still accept gerim. Tanu Rabbanan. Now we're going to have a bright about. So does a ger do anything because of this korban? Is there something in place of it or something? So Tanu Rabbanan, Ger b'zmanazet zarishcha sheafrish rova lekino. He has to separate a quarter of a dinar for his pair of birds. Okay, interesting. I'm a Rabbi Shimon. Now it gets even more interesting. K'farnim na alav Rabban Yochanan b'zakayu b'talah. 
Okay, if you ever thought, why did Sagir really separate money for a korban? No. Why not? Because Rabban Yochanan Bezakai, who actually lived through the korban, right? He was the big transition man. And here we see another transition that he did. What does he say? Betala He said, if all these gerim, right, you can imagine, right after the Beit HaMikdash, they thought, oh, it's going to be rebuilt immediately. Let's keep separating it. And then when the, by the way, it says in the Rambam, in Halacha in general, that, you know, if you're a ger and the Beit HaMikdash is rebuilt, you have to bring your korban. Since the Ben Amikdash is rebuilt. So, the, what does he say? Separate the money. Rabban Yochanan ben Zakai said, if we separate the money, it's going to be hectic. And what if someone accidentally uses it? We don't want that kind of situation. So, we're going to cancel this, right? Which is classic for, right? He moves the center to Yavne. And he understood that we're starting something new now. We're not living in the time of the Mikdash anymore. And we have to change things. Okay. It's actually, I was going to add one thing. It's yeah. actually really amazing. Because between the destruction of Bayit Rishon and the beginning of Bayit Shani is a very short amount of time. Mm -hmm. So the fact that he wants to no, but this is after this Bayit is after Bayit Shani. I know. Yeah. No. So I'm ah, saying. Ah, so you're saying why did he look forward? He realized maybe it was different than Bayit Rishon. Yeah. He understood. He must have amazing. understood. Right. It's interesting. Yeah. He must have figured out that this is something different and it's not going to be like that. Right. You, yeah. You can see the political scene and understand yeah. that that kind of thing will just not happen. Although it's right, it's very interesting to think about why why he made that shift and why he understood so easily that, or maybe he just decided. Yeah. You know, it's it's tough to know. It's interesting. Okay, Amar of Idi Bar Geshem, Amar of Adar Bar Ava, Halachah Rabbi Shimon, and in fact we pass on like Rabbi Shimon. But Ikedamatnela Aha Alhada. Some people say that the statement of Rav Idi Bar Yeshon and then Rav Adi Bar Ava, the halachas Rabbi Shimon, was actually said about a different situation about a ger detano rabbanan. Ger Toshav. Now we're just moving on to a different topic because we're just saying when he said Alachakar Rabbi Shimon, he wasn't referring to that about the korban. He was referring to the following machloket. Ger Toshav is someone who's allowed. To, he's a non-Jew who's allowed to live in the land of Israel, and you know, this is right, hard for us to understand this. But according to the Torah, you can't live in the land of Israel unless you're a Jew or you're a Ger Toshav. What is a Ger? Right? Because it's really they wanted to get rid of the Shavuot who were all idol worshippers. So, some people say that a Ger Toshav is just someone who accepts upon himself he's not going to do Avodah Zarah, like Rashi says that right here, that he's going to not do Avodah Zarah like Naaman, if you remember um, Naaman in the time of Elisha, right? He accepts to be a Jew. Uh, sorry, he accepts just not to worship Avodah Zarah, just that. Some people say he actually has to accept all the Shavim Mitzvah which includes not worshiping idols, but also adds other things. Some people actually say they're supposed to keep all the mitzvot of the Torah except for one. What's that? Interesting. That he doesn't have to eat shechted meat. Why is that? Because the Pesach says about the nevela, you can give it to the gerash abisharecha. Remember, you give it to the kelev or the gerash abisharecha. That's gerotoshav. So obviously they can eat nevela, but nothing else. Right? They learn just that, nothing else. Okay. Interesting machloket, what, what a gerotoshav is. So now, gerotoshav, mutar la'asot malacha b'shabat la'atzmo ki Yisrael b'cholosho mo'ed. And the assumption of this is there's some sort of isur melacha. Okay, some people get it from it says laman yanuach avdecha v'amatcha or something. No, uh, what's the pasuk? Um, one second, let me find it. Sorry, it's pasuk shmok kafgimel pasuk yubet vayinafesh ben amatcha v'hager. Okay, that they have some sort of some sort of nofesh, right? That they have some sort of resting. Also, it says they're the gear. Okay, so now some people connect this pasuk to the regular ger toshav needs to rest from melacha, and the question is, what type of melacha? 
So, according to, we're going to have many different opinions here. According to the first opinion, he can do Malacha on Shabbat, like, and as he can't do Malacha, that a Jew can't do on Cholomoe. Meaning, he can work if it's Davar HaAved, if he's going to have a loss, but not if it's not. Rabbi Akiva Omer Ki Yisrael Yom Tov. Rabbi Akiva says it's like a Jew on Yom Tov, meaning only Ochal Nefesh and Mutar to them. Rabbi Yossi Omer, Ger Toshav Oseb Shabbat Latzmo Ki Yisrael Bechol. He can do whatever he wants for himself. And that the Pasuk Vayinafesh is only for Malacha for us. He can't do Malacha for us, but he can do Malacha for himself. Rabbi Shimon Omer, he basically agrees with Rabbi Yossi, but he adds one other thing. Echa Ger Toshav, Echa Rovei Kochavim, Eve Ve'ama Toshavim. He doesn't only talk about Ger Toshav, he talks about non-Jew, and he talks about an Eve Ve'ama Toshavim. Okay? Adds another category of Avadim. Osim Malacha They have no Yisro Malacha on them. Some people claim that it actually doesn't have to do with the Doraita level of the ones who think it's Aster, but that it's an issue of we don't want an atmosphere in our area where we live of people doing Malacha on Shabbat, and maybe that's why they can't do Malacha. Okay, and then again, it's going to be what level of Malacha can't they do. Okay, and then the halacha there is like Rabbi Shimon. That's what he said. The halacha is like Rabbi Shimon in this case, that basically they're allowed to do malacha on Shabbat. Okay, new Mishnah. We mentioned this in the Mishnah, previous Mishnah, but we didn't yet say what they are. What, where do you bring a korban, chatad or asham, for, generally they're just brought for shkaga. Where do you bring it for, right? Unwitting, unwit, unwittingly. When do you do it unintentional also? On the following cases. Habala shivcha. Okay, what's this? It's called a shivcha harufa. This is a maidservant who is designated to an Eved Ivri. When an Eved Ivri is enslaved, he can he has a shivcha that's you know special for him. And in order to have offspring that will then be slaves for the master. So she's not an eshet ish, but it's also forbidden to sleep with her for somebody else because she's like an eshet ish. So Habala Shifcha Minalan, so how do you know? So now, if it's Shogeg or Mezid, you bring a Korba. How do you know this? Detan- oh, sorry, I skipped. Okay, we're back in the Mishnah. Habala Shifcha, that's number one. Nazir Shenitma, a Nazir that becomes Tamei, brings a slew of Korbanot, including a Chatad and a Nasham. And those are brought even if he was Nitma B'Mezid. Okay, became impure to mate B'Mezid, on purpose. Ushvuata Edud, Ushvuata Pikadon, those are two of the Korbanot Olevi Yored. One is where you saw testimony and you lied under oath and said, I didn't, right? I didn't see anything. I don't know anything. So whether you lied accidentally, you didn't realize that you saw the Yedu, you forgot, or it was intentional, you knew and you lied anyway. And Shvuata Pikadon, where you claim, I don't have this person's Pikadon in my possession. So both those you bring a Korban, Kolevi Yored, right? The Chatat, even if it was Mezid. Chamisham Revi'im Korban Achad Al Averot The following five people bring one Korban for many Averot. And there's five who bring an Again, the same structure. We start with two two categories, then we start discussing one category. Here, we're not even going to get to all five cases yet. We're going to get to the first two. These are people who bring one korban on many averot. If he sleeps with the shivcha charufa many times, we're going to have to see in what situation will you only get one. And a Nazir Shinitma to Motar Bey. Also, we're going to have to see in what situation does a Nazir Shinitma many times going to bring only one Korba. Habala Shifcha Minalan. So, going back to the beginning now. How do we know that she's Chayev? We're now going to go through all the cases where you're Chayev, even Bebezi. We're going to have to prove how do we know why. Ditano Rabbanan. 
by the psukim about this psukim, it specifically talks about someone who sleeps with a shivcha harufa, and it says, "V'chiper alava kohen be'el hasham al chatato asher chata." Now that's unnecessary. You could have just said al chatato. Why do you have to say chatato asher chata? You're sin that you sin for. It's obvious. So it has double lashon. We're going to darshan that. Milamed shemevi korban achad al averot arbe. What does it say? He brings his el hasham on his chet asher chata. Double lashon seems to include. Many, right? So we could bring theoretically one korban for many sins, or many sins of the same type. Now the pasuk continues after it says Then it says and he's forgiven Again, you have the same double lashon. What do we learn from that? Lasot mezid kishogeg to say that you're chayav mezid like shogeg. We're going to go back to this Mezid Kishogeg. You can see it's a Shogeg Mezid. Why are you only getting a... Well, she's not an Eshadish, that's why. So you're only bringing a Korban on it. Nazir Shenit Maminalam. Where do we learn this? Dichtiv. V'chi amut met alav befeta pitom. Okay, when it says, when you become Tame, right? When you have a mate, somebody dies on you, befeta pitom. Now, feta pitom is also double Hashem, right? It could just say befeta or pitom, okay? And it would have meant the same thing. So what did they learn? How do we know Peta Shogeg? Because when it talks about, classic case of Shogeg in the Torah, and he goes to your Mikla, what does it say? If it happened unexpectedly, right, without any mal, um, you know, any bad intent, then, okay, so Peta means Shogeg. So then they say, Pitom ze Ones. Pitom is when it happens totally unexpectedly. This is when he tells them to leave the oh Miriam had Sarat. So God appears to them suddenly. Okay, that's Ones, right? They didn't weren't expecting. But now we're gonna darshan that not only does it mean Ones, Pitom also means Mezid. And that's what we're gonna get to Mezid. Tanyidah, Pitom ze Mezid. They're going to darshan p'ta'im to be the same as pit'om. It's the same letters. Pita'im is a foolish person. What does the pasuk mean? It's a pasuk in Mishle. A smart person sees something bad, and what does he do? He hides. But a foolish person, what does he do? He passes it, and he gets he gets punished. In other words, he gets involved. And what do you see? It's a bad person who does have erot, b'mezid. So therefore, we're going to say, right, pit'om is mezid. So now they say, okay, wait. If pit'om means Shogeg, if Pitom means Ones and Mezid, and we're going to assume in a minute also Shogeg, then Niftov Krap Pitom, Demashma Shogeg, Umashma Mezid, Umashma Ones. Again, we're, we're assuming you know that it's Shogeg, even though we're only going to explain in a minute. How do we know it's Shogeg? So Pitom could be all three. So why would you say Befeta Pitom to say Shogeg, Mezid? You could have just said Pitom, and that includes everything. So they say, right, Mezid um, ve'ones. So first, before we get to the answer, we're going to say, how do we know Pitom is Shogeg and Mezid and Ones? Ones u Mezid ve'ones kid'amar. We already just explained that. Umash menami Shogeg dichtiv peti yamin l'chol davar. Peti is, right, a foolish person will believe anything, which means that because he'll believe anything, he might accidentally come to do sins, right? That's Shogeg. That's your classic Shogeg. Someone doesn't really understand, but could have maybe made more effort to understand, but didn't really that's, he did something wrong, Bishogeg. So there you see Peti, again, Pitom, right? Again, you have to be in the world of Roshot, where you can say Peti and Pitom are the same thing. So there you see it means all three. So now, Velon Yachtav Krap Peta, right? So then why did it need to say Peta? Ikatav Krap Pitom, Demashma Shogeg, Umashma Mezid, Umashma Ones, 
Hava amina kimaiti korban b'shogeg. Midi dehava akoa Torah kula. When you have a word that has multiple meanings, what are you going to figure out? Well, which is its meaning? You'll say, I'll take it from the context. We're talking about korban. Korban's generally shogeg, so it must mean pitom here is shkaga. Okay? Therefore, aval onis umezid emalo, you would have thought onis umezid aren't included. Therefore, katavachamana peta de shogegu. And once you have the pasuk by peta is shogeg, then it's going to be obvious that pitom must mean something else. And therefore, the gilule ale, right, to pitom, it's to, in order to. To reveal to you the pitom de onesu mezidu vafilohachi chiyav rachmana. That was a very long-winded way to say that. That's how we learn that that um, the case of the nazir who's nitma is going to be even on mezid. He has to bring the korbanot. Okay, shvuata edut. This will be a little simpler. Minalan. How do we know it's bemezid? Ditano abanan bekula neemar v'neelam. In all the other cases, it says, or right, it says, and it eluded him. He didn't know. He didn't realize. He brings a korban chatat. This one doesn't say v'ne'elam. Therefore, l'chayev al ha-mezid kishogeg. It's a teacher. You're also chayev amezid, just like you're chayev on shogeg. Shvuara pikadon minalam. What about the shvuara pikadon? Yalef tachtach tachtam v'shvuara edu. Once we know by shvuara edu, there's a gzera shava. This one says tachtah. That one says tachtah. We're going to learn what's true for there is true for there. Right, now to the next section. Okay, it says in the Mishnah, brings one korban. How do we learn this? This we saw already, right? Because it says it in multiple chataim, but there's only one korban. Therefore, you see, you can bring one korban for many averot. Right, to say that mezid is like shogeg. First, they're going to question this drasha, mezid kishogeg. Wait, but the whole context of shivcha charufa was a person who intentionally sleeps with a shivcha. So why are you saying mezid is like shogeg? When it comes to the case of, let's say, shvuat ha'edud, where you bring a korban chatad, and we want to say, well, just like you would bring it on shogeg, like all the other cases are shogeg, this one's also mezid. But the Shivcha Harufa Psukim, we're talking about someone who purposely sleeps with a Shivcha Harufa. So why are you saying Mezid is like Shogeg? It should be the opposite. So therefore, Ela Ema, you should really read Lasot Shogeg Kemezid. It should be the opposite. It's to teach you the double Lashon is to say Shogeg, your Chayav for Shivcha Harufa Korban, the same Korban as your Chayav for Mezid. He asks him the following question. You sleep with five shvachot, charufot, with one you only find out later. What's the story? Are you chayav on each one, or do you only bring one because you only found out at the end? This whole thing was us, or you didn't realize. Amalei, chayav akol achat ve'achat. Okay, you're chayav on all of them. So my shnami chamesh halamot b'shivcha achad. Why is this different? If you sleep with one shivcha and then they tell you, do you know it was Asr? You bring a korban. And then you do it again, the same one. And then you do it again, you do it again. You're chayav chamesh alamot. So, um, Amarlei, I'm sorry, you're chayav, one second, habal chamesh charufot, right, you're chayav akol achat ve'achat, but chamesh alamot b'shibcha achat, you're only chayav one. Okay? So Amarlei, ain't shibcha achat gufim muchlakim. Chamesha shvachot, chamesh shvachot gufim muchlakim. When it comes to separate, um, when, one second. Chamesh halamot. Right, the chamesh halamot b'shivcha achad is what we learned. That's the whole thing. 
right? That you're only chai of one korban al averot harbe. Even though you did a lot of averot, you only bring one korban. That's the chidush there. So what about these five shvachot? So maybe you be chai of five. So they, so they, I'm sorry, maybe you be only chai of one. So they say five different women create five different obligations, okay? Because they're gufim muchlakim. We mentioned this issue before. How do we know that by shivcha gufim muchlakim is mechai of separate korbanot? Right? Normally it's the hele mechad that's important to us. Is it a lot of halamot? One hele? Amale, lava marka be'arayot, v'isha, l'chaleka kol isha v'isha. Didn't you say about a woman, v'lisha v'nidatu matalot ikrav, that it's about a woman? Dafka v'isha, your chayav, because it says isha, an extra word isha, that your chayav, separate women, v'hele mechad, your chayav on each one individually. Here it also says, asher yishka v'isha, shech v'zera, v'hi shifcha. It also adds the word here, shifcha. Now we get to the Nazir case, and this we learned already. We'll read it again. It's the same sugya from Daf Beramabet. Man Tana, who's the Tana who says that Nazir Shenitmatu Motarbe only brings one korban? It goes according to Rabbi Yossi Rabbi Yehuda, and it's in the following case. What did Rabbi Yossi Rabbi Yehuda say? Remember this? When does a Nazir start counting? If he becomes Tameh, when does he start counting his new Nazirut? From the seventh day. Remember what the Nazir's process is. He becomes Tameh, he has to purify himself the first seven days, right? Then, after seven days of purification from Tumat Mate, on the eighth day he brings Korban. The question is, does he start his new Nazirut once he's already Tahor on the seventh day? Or does he have to wait till he brings his sacrifices on the eighth day? So Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Huda says it's on the seventh day. He already starts counting. And therefore, what would be the case? He became Tamei on the seventh day. And then what happened? He went through the seven days of purification. He went to the mikvah and then he started counting his eight days. His, I'm sorry, he started counting before the eighth day. He starts counting his new root. He became Tamei that day. Then the same thing happened the next time, right? That will be a case where it happens a bunch of times. But yet he only brings one korban. Why? Because the chiyuv korban hasn't kicked in yet. The chiyuv korban of the first one, well, it's not exactly continuous. It's just the chiyuv korban hasn't hit in yet. Okay, hasn't kicked in. So since it hasn't yet come the time we're supposed to be makriv korban, korban So when the chaluk korban comes, right, it's on everything. De Rebbe, because if you hold by Rebbe, it won't work. It only holds like Rabbi Yosef Rabbi Huda that we just explained. Why? It only kicks in on the eighth day. Here we get the Tumarichta. According to Rebbe, if you Nitma on the seventh day, well, you're still within your whole first days of Tuma. You haven't yet started even counting your next one. Therefore, or Bechazar Nitma Kula Tuma Arichti. This whole thing is considered one long Tuma because you're still within the first Nizirut. So you wouldn't even have an issue, right? You wouldn't even have to tell us. Korban Echad, it's obvious. It's only one Tuma. And if it was the eighth, and each time you keep messing up on the eighth, well, that's right. Since already the Chiyuv Korban kicked in, you already have your Korban on the first Nizirut, then you became Tameh again. You're obviously going to be Chayav separate Korban note on each one. And therefore, our Mishnah must be Rabbi Yosi, Rabbi Yehuda. Ditanya. Now we're going to see. Where does it? Where do you see this machloket? V'kidash et rosho b'yomahu b'yom havaat korbanotav divrei Rebbe Rabbi Yosi Rabbi Yehuda Omer b'yom tiglachto. If you remember, there are two. The psukim describe 
first you shave on the seventh day, then you bring your carbonate on the eighth day, and then it says, meaning you start your new count on that day. What does that day mean? Does that day mean, does it go back a few psukim to the shaving, or the seventh day, or does it go to the eighth day, to the carbonate? Okay, new Mishnah. Somebody suspects his wife, Sota, of having slept with many men. Okay, a Metzora that had a number of different Sarat Nigaim. Okay, he brought the birds. Now, the birds you bring on the first day, you, there's a seven day purification process. Also, you bring your carbon on the eighth day. But on the first day, you already do this tekes, it's not exactly carbon, with these birds. Right, you slaughter one bird, you take the blood, you put it in the water, you dip the other bird in that, and then you set that bird free. There's a whole process that you do. You put a bunch of other things, the hyssop and other things in the in the water. So let's say you brought your birds on the first day, and then nitnagan, then you got another nega. Lo alulo it's not so clear what this means, but it doesn't count until he brings his chatat, or according to Rabbi Yehud, until he brings his asham. He's supposed to bring a chatat, an asham, and a, um, what does he bring? I think a shlamim also. Okay, or an ola, I forget the three ones he brings. But he brings three korbanot. Of them, there's a chatat and an asham. So there's a debate about this. We'll see in the Gemara what this means. Minalan. Where do we learn this from? About the mikaneli yidan ashim harbei. Right, she only brings one I assume this is one korban mincha. Remember, she's supposed to bring a minchat sota, um, or the husband brings. Right? This is someone who's mekanelishto about many men. Still, only one mincha. Minalan dechtiv zotorat knaot because it says zotorat. This is the law for knaot. They say ah torah achal leknuyim harbe. Okay, it's one torah for many jealousies. Okay, even if he's jealous with her regards to many men. Where do we learn this from? Okay, this is again one law for many mitzoraim. Doesn't it say you only bring one korban? Like, what is this talking about? So, what do they say? It's missing words here. This doesn't make any sense. This is what it should be. That's why I didn't bother explaining the Mishnah in the first place, because it wasn't so clear what it means. You bring Tzipurim and then, right, on day number one, and then you get a new Nega. Okay, you only bring one Korban. Why? Because you haven't gotten to your seventh, right? When would you bring a new Korban? If the, the idea here is that in all the others, once you passed, until you get to the end of the process, obviously it's all like one Tuma Arichta, like we said, right? One Nizirud Arichta. But in this case, you already did a part of the process on day number one. You took the tzipolim. So there was a havamina that maybe, right, you would think you'd be high of separate. So what did they tell you? No. You brought your birds, that's fine. Now you only bring one set of korbanot after that. Okay, in other words, even if you get another nega, there's still only one set of korbanot. Ul Now the question becomes, though, when we determine, if you remember by a matzora, it depends, which korban you bring depends on how rich or poor you are. Now you might think, maybe we determine that when you took your birds from the beginning of the process. So now what do they teach you? No. The level of poverty is determined, or, or wealth, is determined when you bring, and here's the machloket, whether it's when you bring your chatat or when you bring your asham. 
Now, theoretically, you're supposed to bring them together, but let's say you brought one separately from the other. Let's say in the middle of that day, you had a boat with all your stuff on it, and the boat sank, and all of a sudden you lost all your money. So the question is, which carbon is the determining carbon, which actually has nothing to do with the topic of the mission. It's a little odd that it would be here, but that's what they're saying here. To and it's the reason why it's here is because they're saying, on the one hand, that Tsipurim are significant, but on the other hand, they're not significant enough, right? For Aniyud and Ashirut, we go based on Ad Shevi Chatat, Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Ad Shevi Hashemo. Tznan Hatam, the Mishnah somewhere else says, Mitzor Shevi Hashemo Ashir, Hakol Holech Achar Chatat, Divri Rabbi Shema. Okay, if he brought his Hasham and then became very wealthy, then we determine it based on his Chatat. By the way, I want to make it clear. He brings, actually it's an Ola, now I remember. Because he brings in a sham with from an animal, no matter what. The thing that fluctuates is what he brings for his olan chatat, right? Which is always, we can bring the birds, right? The pair of birds for olan chatat. So if then he became wealthy and now he comes to bring his chatat, it makes sense to say it goes by the chatat, right? Because that's when you determine what, what are you bringing for your chatat. Diva Rabbi Shim. Rabbi Yehuda asham. So now we're going to see why. Brighta. Tanya. Now we're going to see a third opinion that doesn't appear in our Mishnah. Actually, it goes like I said. We, like I said, we, we didn't say. Dafka here in the Brighton, they say according to Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov, it goes based on the time you separate the tzipolin. All three of them darshan from one pasuk. And this is very interesting. What does taharato mean? Okay, purification. How do we, right? It's always a word that we don't understand exactly what it means. And here we're going to see three different opinions. Rabbi Shimon Savar, Davar HaMechapro. It's what gives him atonement. Tahara, purification means atonement. It's kind of like, Ki etchem There, what does Tahara mean? It means from sin, atonement. So therefore, what's he going to say? The Chatat. That's what gives you the atonement. Um, uh, Rabbi Yehuda Savar, Davar HaMachshiro. What is, what is tahara? That now you're allowed to do what you couldn't do before. Remember with the asham, you put the blood on the ears and the nose, right? On the ear and the toe and the finger. And then, remember he sticks it, the lishkara mitzvahim is right outside the azara, and then he sticks his finger in, and then, because he can't go in until he does that. Once he does that, he's allowed to go on the azara. So it's the davar machshir that allows, enables him. Okay, it's the enabling thing. That's what tahara means. He's the most interesting, I think. What causes him purification, meaning, it's when you start the process. It's very interesting. Because he's saying, you don't have to finish it. As long as you've started the process, that's already tarato. Just getting started is already doing something. And that's already significant. Okay, let's finish up the next mission. Gemara, ha'isha she'yaldav ladot harbe v'yipila b'toch shmonim. Nikeva, chazra ve'yipila b'toch shmonim nikeva. All the cases are going to be nikeva because with nikeva we have 80 days and therefore we have options for all these things. This is going back to something we learned before because if you have boys, it's only 40 and the vlad, you're not high of another korban. You'll let it until the vlad has already developed 40 days and of course you only even have 33 days potentially assuming you can even get pregnant seven days after having a baby which is quite unlikely so anyway we're talking about females so if you do it betoch shmonim and then you have another hapala betoch shmonim everything's within the 80 days before you have a korban if she has a miscarriage two one at one day and one on another day right at different times within these 80 days Right, imagine, right, one baby gets lost earlier than the other. Rabbi Yehuda Omer Mevi'im al Harishon ve'en Mevi'al Ashniya. Mevi'al Ashlishi ve'en Mevi'al Revi. Okay, according to the first opinion, this is one of those cases where 
Right? What did we say? Where you're going to bring one korban on many chata'ot, right? Even though it's not sins, on many things, right? So you bring only one. But according to Rabbi Yehudi, he says very interestingly, you bring on the first, not the second, on the third, not the fourth. Why? Because the first, the second one is included within the first. But by the time you get to the third, the third is already past the first 80 days of the first. So there you're going to start again, and then the fourth is already included in the third. Okay, so the Gemara says, Minala, where do we get this from? Okay, because it says this is the Torah of the Yoledet. Okay, for Zachari Nekeva, it seems to include a bunch of things, so therefore it's Avladot Harbei. Maybe if you have a Leda and a Ziva, one might think you could bring one Korban on them. Zot. You can't bring it on two different things, right? You can't bring one korban on one and a lady. Like, let's say she has a leda and she has a zava bleeding together. No, you can't do one on that. Katane, now they say, what do you mean? What is this bright even talking about? What's your hava mean that you could bring one korban on zava and yoleda together? Would you say the same thing? If she ate blood, which is usher, and you get kared, and therefore you bring a korban katan, and she had a baby, would one ever, would you ever think, oh, we could combine those in one korban? So why would you think to combine yoleda and zava? So what do they say? Right? You could think at least Yoleda and Zavar are a little more similar, but they're trying to say they're not similar. They're two totally separate things. You should say really what it meant to say is this in the Brayta. You might have thought, what if you have one Leda and then the 80 days pass and then you have another Leda that you be high, you can bring those all together. It didn't mean Leda and Ziva. It meant Leda and another Leda if the Leda was after your 80, right, at, starting from day number 81, Tamalomar Zot. That you can't bring one korban for. You have to bring separate korban. No. Last thing for today. Hipila betoch shmonim. Keshitim tzilomar ledevrer Rabbi Yehuda vlad rishon gorem, umi vlad rishon moneh, ledevrer chachamim vlad sheni gorem, umi vlad sheni moneh. Okay, so, if you want to suggest to say that according to Rabbi Yehuda, the vlad rishon is what's gorem, and therefore we count everything from the Vlad Rishon. And that's where Rabbi Yehuda says, we only count for the first and then the third, right? Because the counting doesn't restart with Vlad number two, right? And according to Chachamim, Vlad Sheni Goreim. Now, according to Chachamim, who say all of those can combine into one is because we keep kind of redoing the count, right? We count now from the second one, not from the first one. So now the Gemara says, what do you mean, Kishatim Tzilom Pshita? That is the difference between them, right? The Gemara is saying, you might suggest. What do you mean you might suggest? That's exactly what the difference between them is. Rabbi Yehuda says we always count from the beginning, and therefore the Vlad Shlishi is already not going to be within 80 days of the first, and therefore it's going to bring a separate korban. And Chachamim say it's all counted from the second. We keep counting from every new one. We start. It's as if we started the count from the beginning, and therefore you can be chayev, you can have many, many leidot and, or hapalot and still be within the count. So, what do they say, right? Isn't that obvious? So they say, The reason why they said it was for a case of te'omim. What's it to teach you? You might have thought with te'omim, if you lose one at one point and then you lose the second later, since they were both conceived at the same time, maybe you would start the count from the later one. 
and not the first one, like Rabbi Yehuda says in the other case. Kamashmalan, the reason why they said this, because is you always count for Vlad Rishon. It doesn't mean Yitzirat Vlad, right? It means from when the first Vlad Rishon was, right, exactly. But it's not just, con- it's conception and Hapala. In other words, it's always going to go by the first Hapala also. Okay. Okay? Where, even if the conception was at the same time. Okay, that's it.